Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. Serena Stanford, CMO at Bazaar Voice, is here today to chat about her marketing highlights and journey while taking us through Bazaar Voice's growth story through the years. Serena, it's great to have you here today and we appreciate the time you've taken to participate in this episode of the Sales Staff Podcast. It's always exciting to hear from marketing leaders like you to basically capture their thoughts, their observations about where the marketplace is headed and what B2B sales as well as marketing teams can do better today to drive better brand value and growth in what, you know, is commonly referred to as a very crowded marketplace. So before we dive in, it would be really good if you can tell us about yourself. What inspires you about marketing and in general, the B2B marketplace, the way it stands today? And of course, while you're at it, We'd love it if you can tell us about your role as CMO at Bazaar Voice as well. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. First and foremost, I would say that I see myself as a business leader first, and my domain happens to be in marketing. And for those in the audience, I am actually one of these weird kind who actually grew up in sales. I spent more than 15 years in sales and I had an opportunity to be invited to lead marketing. So as we go through this conversation, I transcend between sales and marketing because I really see us doing the exact same role. Our goal is to engage with the audience and hopefully advance into the engagement as well as the relationship and the partnership forward. So with that, I am also very pleased to share that actually just this week, I just celebrated my first anniversary here at Bizarre Boys as the CMO. I love what I do, a big part of it because it's every day we touch on what does the shoppers think, what are the consumers thinking And I think that is the one thing that really unites sales and marketing, and for that matter, anyone who participates in our space, is to really be tuned to what does the customer want? What do they want to do? And if we're able to listen, understand, and engage, we would be able to advance the journey forward. And I think that your recent experiences as well as your journey over the years makes you the apt interviewee for today because this is the Sales Stuff Podcast and we love capturing the sales as well as marketing angle when it comes to business leaders and what they do to align these practices or departments and technologies so that they can drive a more unified experience as well as a stronger growth experience on the whole. So before we get there, tell us a little bit about Bazaar Voice. So you have just completed a year here. Kudos to that. And I'm sure there's many more years to celebrate, a lot of other enriching experiences to celebrate in your role here as you take on more responsibilities or as you grow the company or take the brand forward. But tell us a little more about the platform and how it's evolved over the past couple of years. Awesome. Yeah. So first and foremost, you are spot on in the sense that Bizarre Voice is a technology and a software platform that actually started. And this is a great rendition in terms of how you start with a business need or an actual customer need. It started with the single premise that the individual's voice of a shopper is the most powerful one. For those in the audience, Bizarre Voice started when our founder actually was a brand new parent and they're looking for a stroller. 
And in that process, he realizes how powerful it was that other people who has experience with that particular stroller through their reviews was advising him and convincing him that's the particular unit to buy. That was the beginning of Bizarre Voice 17, 18 years ago. And today we continue to really focus on how do we showcase what each of us as shoppers say about a particular product and share our insights and our experience with others. So we are a software and a service platform to really help promote and share the authentic experiences that people have with product. Over the course of the years, we've also gotten into a whole spectrum of other what we call user-generated content space, including having a community of about 7 million of shoppers who are kind of like the community space, who share their view and their authentic view of how they see a particular and experience particular product. I love what I do mostly because it takes advantage of my expertise and my many years in the B2B space in technology, as well as just personally as a shopper. Absolutely. And it's an interesting time for anyone in online commerce today because we have had the last couple of years as a sort of testimony to how important it is to have a strong digital presence. The pandemic sort of accelerated all of that. And now for marketers or even salespeople who need to drive growth for these kind of business models, it's a completely different model that they need to follow and a different set of challenges that they need to keep in mind. So specifically as a marketing leader and someone with prior sales experience, how do you feel today's marketing and MarTech trends as well? Because I'm sure there's a whole bunch of MarTech that you're using to drive your initiatives. How do you think that is slowly evolving and what do you feel the future pace of this industry as a marketer, as a B2B marketer is set to look like? And since we're we're having this conversation towards the end of 2022, what do you feel some of the top predictions will be in B2B marketing or digital commerce for that matter in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, let me start with your last comment, which is where is commerce or digital commerce going? And if I may then add to the role of technology and where I see this entire space moving, if that's all right. So first and foremost, commerce is really built on one single premise, which is suppliers of products, brands and what have you, And shoppers find each other. And that has been since years ago, how transaction is being done. Those who have something to offer and those who desire something meet each other and transact. And that becomes commerce. And so if you think about the how that's happening, the facilitation of it is totally changed. Years ago, you would go to the market and find something. And exactly as you said, right, I would say about 15 years ago, the whole online or digital or e-commerce starts to spawn. And today, fast forward to 2022 and into 2023, anyone who is an operator in the retail space or into commerce has to have a presence online as well as for those who has brick and mortars, also has the offline. And the power of combining the online and the offline is making it commerce being everywhere. I think that's a really first thing important that it doesn't matter. I I joke about this sometimes is that we could be sleeping and there's commerce happening, right? Because you could schedule a buy 
you could just be online and then you could transact. So that's the first thing I would say is that the world of segregating commerce, as in brick and mortar, and the world of of commerce being digital only has blended. There is only one commerce, and it is wherever shoppers and retailers and brands are. And you could be online or you could be offline. And just to give a bit of a data point, right? We do our annual studies of particular shoppers' experience. And in this year's shopper experience index, it was totally clear that 86% of shoppers already done their homework online. And they then shop either online or offline to the point that about 67% of transactions in commerce are actually done as hybrid. So this is just this is just a key observation that a lot of market leaders and brands have been talking about actually as to how shoppers are not wanting to essentially have that initial interaction with a brand or a service provider is the same case in the B2B technology marketplace as well today. So while you're at it, it would be great if you can also, while you're sharing this observation, talk a little bit also about how brands from their side can cater to this changing experience. So in terms of the technologies that they should use, in terms of the chatbots that they should deploy on their website, in terms of the kind of virtual assistants, they should have the automation they should have in place. While you're at it, how can brands or people in this space, business owners or business leaders who are trying to sort of derive a better experience for the end user, how can they keep these observations or insights from these studies that y'all have been exposed to in the last couple of months? How can they keep all of these elements in mind when they are building their experiences for their own end users? I think the trick for whether you're in a sales role or in a marketing role, or for that matter, in any role of a commerce-based kind of business, the first and foremost advice and suggestion that I would have is to go back to the basics, which is really hear and listen to what your shoppers and what your customers are saying. And hence that as an example, right, just bring this is only part of our business, but let's just bring this example because everybody can identify with it. That if I am a shopper, the first thing I usually do is to, yeah, that's the space I want to be. And I'm going to go look at what other people like me are saying. And so I look at the reviews. I look at what other people are talking about. And sometimes I will go into your particular, what we call PDP, your particular .com, the product.com and your product pages. But that's only after, oftentimes, that I've already done my homework, what other people are saying. So for marketers in particular, as you're thinking about how to make your product stand out, leverage what your shoppers are saying about your product. And in the space, in the commerce space, we talk about the digital shelf, which is winning search and winning where top of mind, a customer, a shopper is trying to think about and doing something. You want to be right there for them. And it is exactly the same to highlight is that, so how do I find you? And oftentimes the best way to find you is through what are other people saying? You're booking an Airbnb. The first thing is that you're going to go look at what are people saying? And I'm about to buy a car, one of the thing, or buy whatever the merchandise is, right, that you're going to go look at. And especially in the beauty space, right, you want to look at how does it look like for other people, from other people. So the one basic premise is that I think we need to rethink and start with the consumers in mind. 
put the consumer in the center. And therefore, if you are a content marketer, as an example, don't only produce branded content, don't only worry about your own product.com site, but leverage and syndicate, for that matter, what other customers and what other shoppers are saying, whether it's in a retailer's network or in your own network or for social media, which really brings back to the second observation that I have and, and a major trend prediction is that what the industry calls social commerce is going to continue to mushroom. Social commerce has been tagged as a multi-trillion dollar market. And for the sales spirit in us, there's a lot of, there's a lot of transactions. There's a lot of opportunity that you can pursue. And leveraging social media is important. So how does one do that? And that's where technology comes into play. There are technology, whether it is in syndication, whether it is curating or identifying and then distributing what your shoppers are saying about you. And that's the whole premise of what we do here at Bizarre Voice. The companion to that is that that's the organic side. You could, if you're trying to sell a brand new product or if you're trying to test what are the shoppers thinking about my new product, we also help with brands and retailers to initiate sampling experiences so that a shopper like you and I have a chance to try something and the only exchange that we have is, let us know what you think. And that's the means of generating true, authentic comments and experience and what have you about that particular product. And that's how the mushrooming effect of social commerce is happening. Now, for some of the technology, which is not the space we're in, there are technology that will give you that last click that if I want something, I want to be able to just buy right there. And that's part of the entire spectrum of the whole social commerce space as well. But I think that, and if I may, just, just to share in terms of the current economic climate, that I think that there will be some shrinkage, if you will, of purchases or commerce, both from a B2B as well as a B2C perspective. However, the need to purchase and the desire to shop and the convenience of what shoppers are looking for is not going to go away. So this commerce base is going to continue. And what I love what we saw from the last two or three years is the acceleration of cross-boundary, cross-segment, and cross-domain commerce that you and I in different countries can be transacting at the same very second. And that to me is facilitated by a whole spectrum of technology. And the third thing I would like to say is that there will be, and there will continue to be consolidation in technology. And I'm just gonna bring you to my world. So here at uh, CMO at Bizarre Voice and other one uh, and other prior experiences that I have as CMO, my goal and my role is not to be a system integrator. And yet we have a multitude of different technology platform and technology stack that more and more business leaders like myself, whether in sales, in marketing, in finance, and in technology, 
will continue to drive more of the consolidation because we want our stack to be simplified. So my prediction is that there will be more and more of these technology players converging to solve that basic challenge or opportunity, which is the whole commerce space. Absolutely. And it'll be very interesting to see how all of this really actually in real time pans out over the next couple of months. So while while we stay on top of that and while we probably get into another discussion about that in the near future, we'd love to hear a little bit from you about Closer Home at Bazaar Voice. What does a typical marketing routine or if you will, a typical marketing day at work look like? Or if you'd like to just briefly highlight a couple of core strategies that the team sort of relies on when it comes to driving your overall brand growth as well as marketing initiatives. We've we've spoken to a lot of leaders who prefer being very ABM specific, but for a service-based platform or one that needs to cater to probably global audiences or shoppers in a real-time basis, I don't generally believe just one strategy can really be the go-to all the time. So what are some of your your typical marketing routines or your fallback strategies that have been implemented or put in place to keep the ball sort of rolling at Bazaar Yeah, so the first thing that I would share in terms of maximizing the entire spectrum of marketing and sales for that matter are these three things. Number one, brand thought leadership. You have a brand that has equity, that has recognition, and you can continue to build on the awareness of your brand. That's first thing. The second thing is, and this is where sales and marketing really blends to be in the same job and the same pursuit, is overall generating demand and closing and converting them into sales. That's the demand side, right? That's, that's the majority of what we focus on. And then the third, which many companies don't focus on, and I would advise every one of us really to major on, is that of advocates. So you have the brand, you have the demand, but you got to sustain the advocacy, whether it is from your customers, from your partners, as well as from your employees. So that's the first thing that, Paroma, that that I do, and, and here at Bizarre Voice, what we do is to major on these three, what I call growth levers. Brand, demand, and efficacy. The second thing that we do that I think that would apply to all businesses is to really be very tuned and focus on your content strategy and your content supply chain. And what I meant by that is that we need to make sure that we have content that are truly authentic, including and as well as highlighting what our customers and what our shoppers are saying. So that what I call the earned and the shared part, right? In the marketing mix, we always talk about paid, which is you do advertising, you do what have you, and earned, which is your products.com or bizarrevoice.com and what other .com space that you would have. Those are critical. However, with more and more of what shoppers are wanting to see or what consumers and customers want to see, and that is both businesses as well as consumers. So regardless of whether you operate in the B2B or B2C space, that having the multitude of content that isn't just branded only, 
but also true authentic user content will complete your supply chain of content. So hence we emphasize a lot of what, are, what, what stories can we tell from our customer's perspective? What are their experiences? What is G2 Crowd saying as an example and things of that nature? That completes our overall content strategy as well as content distribution and curation. Third and last is to make sure that we are showing up in waterholes. So what I meant by waterholes is if you imagine you're in a safari, you're in, you're, you're in that area, animals and ourselves included, we gather in places that we want to and we need to. And historically, brands and businesses want to ask people to come to us, right? We conduct mega events and what have you. Those are needed. Those are the owned properties, if you will. But I think it's a lot more important to go to where the communities stand. Communities would be a critical part of how you engage your audience. And therefore, we particularly and deliberately find ourselves in those gathering holes. And that's the combination of shifting the marketing mix to blend in terms of the investment in paid and owned as well as the enrichment of the earned and the shared. So hopefully that gives everybody a a taste of what we're doing. And with majoring every time when there is investment resources to be done, it's always about brand demand and efficacy. And in fact, be very open and shared is that demand is 80% of our focus and wrap that up to the, how do I mix the optimal mix so that we are at the right places at the right time and having the right conversation. And at this point, it is also important to better understand from you how you would advise marketing as well as other customer facing or sales team. So it depends on whichever model a company has and also depends on how big or small they are. So for the larger brands, it's mainly all about aligning your customer success, your after sales, your customer support, sales and marketing in the back end so that there's a more unified experience and end-to-end product journey in the front end. So from your point of view, what are some of the, maybe if you can just share a couple of base fundamentals or just three best practices that all these teams together need to sort of follow when it comes to setting up or implementing an internal process or an internal framework, or even if you just want to throw light on the type of technologies they need to align on so that they can create that better unified experience for the actual end user. Yeah, so I would bookend it with these two things, two comments. The first is that everyone who is in sales, in marketing, and whatever company you you represent, both as a leader as well as a contributor, we have to first and foremost think on behalf of the entire business. So be a business operator first. So in my role as marketing, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I first think about what is the business of Bizarre Voice and what is it that we are trying to be relevant to and what objective are we trying to deliver? That's that front part of the bookend. The other part of the bookend is who are we trying to be most relevant to and therefore the target audience and how do I connect what we have and what they desire so that we can achieve their goal in return, achieve our goal. And that means internally, as you talk about, that we need to mobilize 
and I think marketing is a great role to be, a function to be, is to unify the entire company across sales, finance, operations, customer success, engineering, and products, and the likes for a single pursuit. That single vision of where we're going and why we're trying to do, and in our case, to make sure that shopping is transparent and radically transparent through the voice of the customer, is the unifying theme. And it's a unifying element is why we exist. So it hones right back to understand your audience, understand what is the business objectives, and then solve the equation, how do we become relevant? The last thing that I would say is that I think the world of commerce is going to become blending more and more to the point that we talk about B2B and B2C, but the reality is actually C to B or C to C. The consumers are driving what businesses needs to be done and consumers are driving where the world is moving to. Absolutely, Zarina. This was a very interesting conversation. And as you rightly said in your parting note, the consumers are driving the change. And as they always have told us to keep in our mind, the customer is the king. So thank you once again for taking the time to share your thoughts with us today. If you'd like to, you've already taken the time to share a lot of very interesting observations, trends, as well as insights and best practices. But uh, before we wrap up and end for the day, if you'd like to share any last mottos that B2B teams or marketers in general should live by, that would be great as well. Um, I would say have fun doing what you do. When you have fun in what you do, it becomes a mission and it becomes just something you enjoy. And you will be your best and you will deliver the best. So on that note, as Zarina says, take it easy. Have fun doing what you do to everyone out there. And Zarina, thank you once again for this incredible conversation that we've had today. We wish you and the rest of your team at Bazaar Voice all the very best. And thank you very much. And likewise to your team as well. Mm-hmm.